Hello, everyone. This is Roro, and I'm on State of the Republic. On the podcast today, we've been waiting for this for a while, and we're really glad that uh, it, it's finally worked out for us. And what better than a week before uh, we play in the historic cup final, and that is our very own legend himself, Rodrigo Lopez. Welcome back on the show, man. How's it going? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, I'm doing well. Just trying to recover from last night's uh, big win and, you know, enjoying the family on a nice Sunday in Sacramento. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yesterday's win was uh, really good. Glad we can finally say we beat Oakland and, you know, <laughs> you, you did good out there. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So first things first, uh, you know, we, we want to talk about the story of you returning to Sacramento for a third time. I mean, the moment we found out you were coming back for the third time, that was like the best days of our Republic fandom, I want to say. <laughs> but let us know, how, how did you come back for, for a third time? It was something that, you know, I, I, I left with a bad taste in my mouth, as you, as people say. And, and you know, the, I, I didn't want to leave Sacramento the second time around. And it was pretty hard for me and my family to to leave, and you know, I obviously thought of maybe just retiring. You know, I was tired of moving and and having to move from Mexico to Sacramento, and then from Sacramento again, having to move again would would have been hard. Um, but yeah, I decided to go to RGB. Um, had a good season, and obviously, you know, Sacramento called back, and and I've said it before. You know, I've called Sacramento home many times, and. As soon as they they rang me, it, it was obviously very interesting and and caught my attention again. So, you know, I'm just happy to be back. I'm enjoying it this time around. You know, much much more than than the first than the second time. Sorry, um, you know, I know that the second time was hit us pretty hard with with COVID, and it was a uh, interesting year for everyone. Not just you know as an athlete, but as a person, as as a normal human being and and now we're back so that that's all that matters to me well speaking of a couple of times uh i, I want to hear this more um the first time you were with us back in 2014 I, I know we can't say that this squad is better than that one quite yet i mean we're hoping we can say that because you know we're we're kind of on our way to be able to potentially get two cups but uh, but what differences do you notice between that squad and and the one that you have this season you know the game has has changed so much throughout the years, especially here in in this country, and um, and obviously this league is is continuing to get better every every year. You know, I can't I can't compare the teams, but I will say that one of the things that I could compare and say that we have you know something similar is the bond that we have as in the locker room and uh on the field and off the field you know we we all get along pretty well and you know we're always around each other even when we're not training so that you know that was something that in 2014 we we embraced and that you know took us a long way because at the end of the day you you want a good locker room and and I feel like that 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 helped us win um that helped us win that year so yeah, yeah, I agree. It's definitely uh, a little difficult to compare both teams um, uh, between then and now. Uh, but speaking of which, um, you know, you and Coach Briggs, you're not exactly strangers, uh, neither of you. Uh, this is actually uh, your second time 
you know, with, with uh, Coach Briggs. Uh, has there been any differences or is there uh, a lot of similarities as far as, you know, the second time around with uh, Coach Briggs? No, no, no. I mean, you know, on the field, you always get, you know, what, what Coach always try to implement was was his style of play. And maybe in 2020, he didn't have quite the roster to do so. Quite frankly, a lot of those players were were here for a while, um, had been in Sacramento for a couple of years now. And, and, you know, as you know, he probably obviously would have preferred to build his roster, but, you know, he, he had a team that, that had some quality, I, I think, um, you know, and, and some good players, but I, I, I don't think it was, um, I don't, I don't think there was that click. I don't think that was that unity, that family that we have now, you know, the, we talked about when we first got here about, you know, being a family. And, and one of those things was, was being respectful to each other. And, and in 2020, I could be open to say it, but from day one, I didn't really see it. Um, I, I, I felt me personally, I felt like there was a lot of jealousy or, you know, maybe guys didn't take the right way that I came back and the way that the, that the club announced it. And, you know, a lot of the things that the club was doing for me when I, when I first got back. So I don't think the the, the boys really took me in the right way. Um, and that's just what I'm, what I'm thinking personally. So, you know, if that happens and, and, and there's, there's things like that going on already in the locker room, obviously there's, it's not going to be successful and it's only going to be, you know, a place where, where it's, uh, you know, obviously talent might take you to a certain, to a certain point or extent, but I think for me, you know, the team, team unity and the, the bondness in the locker room and outside is, goes a long way as well, like I told you. So I didn't feel like we had that in 2020. So for Coach Briggs, I'm sure it was difficult. I sure, I'm sure it was hard. And obviously, we were, we were going through a pandemic, um, something we, we never have lived before in our lives. And, and, and it's hard, you know, and it's harder when you have families. So I think it was only he and I who had families on the team and kids. So it was definitely hard for, for both of us. And and but on the field you always expect the same you know he was always the same uh coach that you see now intense and you know the way he wants his teams to play um I saw it back then so a little deep deeper dive you know this is all really good information um that you're sharing with us and we love hearing it's almost like the historical progression of things and your perspective is incredible and we all know what a leader you are. I mean, me personally, I, I know what a leader you are and how good you are with the guys and, and leading it. But I want to know a little bit more on, you know, you talk about being mates off the pitch and being friends off the pitch and having the family off the pitch. Particularly, how did you, there's like, what, how many, 16 new players on the squad, right? We just heard Mark Briggs talk about, you know, building the squad from almost nothing, you know, with five guys returning from last season and then bringing in 16 new new guys and you're not new, but bringing you back. So you had a role in getting the guys sorted and settled, you know, in, in a sense of um, creating that, that camaraderie. What, what, what's your secret sauce, dude? What, what do you bring? No, I mean, uh, I mean, I've, I'm a, I'm a person who, you know, who, who was raised with, 
with good values and, and morals and and being respectful and helpful to people and you know my my family's always been the type of people who who always care about other people more than themselves and try to take care of everyone else before they take care of themselves so for me it's it's that's the way I grew up and that's the way I am now so you know as as coach was building a team and and Todd and 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 Kevin um you know I would know all all the guys that were coming in and you know, I, I'd reach out to, to, to them as well. And, you know, just letting them know that if they needed anything in, in Sacramento to let me know. And then I knew people and, and I could help them get a place or whatever it was, you know, car, whatever it was, um, places to eat, whatever they needed. Um, they could definitely count on me. Um, and this was without knowing that, you know, I'd, I'd be chosen to be a captain I tried to do it in 2020 as well. It just it didn't work uh, to my favor, I guess. So, you know, this time around, you could see the, the type of personnel that we were getting, not only on the field, but off the field. And that's, like I said, I think it's something very important for a team. And and for me, I'm never going to change. You know, I'm always going to be that person who, who tries to help and who tries to lead by example and help the young guys. And, you know, obviously still learn from from my coaches and from my teammates, because I still learn every day. You know, I, we have really good leaders on this team and I learn from them every day as well. So um, uh, I'm know, just happy to be here. And, you know, you reflect uh, the same, that's same quality. You actually reflect that to all of us, all the fans and everybody you meet, you you're always willing to extend yourself. I saw you signing autographs when you should have been headed back to the locker room, you know, right after warm up session yesterday's match. I mean, it was just incredible. Just, you know, you extend that whole persona. We can't talk you up enough. <laughs> this is going to be the massive appreciate Roro interview. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I appreciate it. And it's something, I mean, like I said, it's something that I think it goes a long way with my family. You know, my dad always told me, hey, you know, the fans are are what, you know, they pay a ticket to go watch you play. They they work hard every day of the week to to go watch you play. So, you know, always have time for them and and thank them. So my way of thanking them, you know, when I can't do it on the field, obviously, is is whatever, you know, a picture, uh, an autograph, whatever, whatever it is they, they need. So um, and I've always been very, very respectful to our fans. And I, I love our, our fan base and I love the fans in Sacramento. So it's not, it's not, it's not something that, you know, that I'm forced upon. It just comes natural. Yeah. And, and we definitely love that, uh, whether at home or on the road, uh, that you do take uh, some time to, to thank the fans. I mean, we, we definitely appreciate you, uh, look, uh, looking, uh, somewhat recently back, we're going to head back to this, to, the uh, semifinal here of the Open Cup uh, back in Sacramento. So, and the penalty kicks. Uh, take us back. What was going in your through your mind when Danny V made that save, and then you you stepped up for for your uh, penalty kick uh, a chance? Honestly, I there's so many emotions going through my head. You know, leading to when I was gonna shoot my PK. You know, throughout the PKs, I just. I couldn't make up my mind what I was going to do. And, and as soon as Vitello saved it, I, I kind of thought to my head, like, man, this is, this is written for me to, to finish off again, you know, and, and to make more history with this club. 
and what a perfect moment. Um, but also, I didn't want to let my team down. I didn't want to let my coaching staff, the fans down. You know, I know it, it seems easy to go run up there and, and shoot a penalty in front of a sold-out stadium, but honestly, it's it's pretty hard. And, and you know, if you miss, you could possibly lose the game. Um, so it's uh, it was difficult. But honestly, when he, when he saved it, I just... I just knew I had to finish it off and I knew it was written for me to finish it off. So, you know, I, I, I went up there with a little bit of confidence. I tried to smile and, 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 and make it, you know, not nerve wracking, but more enjoyable to, to run up there and, and, and line up and, and put the ball down. And I think I have a, a little follow up question. So, you know, this weekend we're headed to, you're headed to Louisville. I don't know that any of us are, we tried, but it's just too grueling of a travel itinerary. So walk me through, walk us through the preparation for getting to Louisville, whether you play or you don't, <laughs> and then turning right around and this open cup right there, right behind it on its heels. What What's your prep process looking like for yourself and your brain? Or just take it one day to, I don't know, you tell us. You know, it's just normal, no normal preparation as if, you know, I don't know if I'm playing or not. Um, that's not that's not up to me. I, I leave, you know, we leave that up to Coach Mark. But I'm gonna prepare the same way. You know, I'm gonna prepare as, as if I'm gonna play, and 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 be ready for for Louisville because, you know, we still have an important game in league. I know a lot of people are thinking about Open Cup, and I know it's hard to to get away from that that game, but. But for me, I, I just want to live the present. I want to be I want I want to be there for my team on the day to day basis, you know, without me having to think too far ahead or 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 about something else uh, um, rather than our next game. So I'm um, I'm excited, and I'm obviously we we know we have a big game coming up in the Open Cup, but we're also really focused on on winning a game against Louisville. Yeah, that's that's really really well said, and yeah, for for us the fans, I mean. It's so hard for us not to just think about the seventh, and for all those of us going, we we want to be there already. And <laughs> well, speaking of Orlando, uh, I know that you actually got the chance to play with them back when they were in USL Pro in uh, 2012. Um, and I mean, just from experience, I was just in humid conditions, and I just went out for a run, and it, it just did not feel uh, as good as as it does when I run over here. So. Walk us through what it's like to to play in like humid conditions, especially you know during the ninety minutes. Yeah, no, no, it's it's definitely a hard place to play. Um, you know, it's humid. It's uh, it could get kind of ugly and and sticky there, but but I, I'm I'm used to it. I mean, in Veracruz, I played in similar conditions. You know, very humid, RGV, very humid as well. But but no, I mean, it's a final. I don't think we uh, we're really thinking about you know, the weather too much, but to answer your questions this we'll be in Louisville since Thursday. So I think it's going to be very similar to, to what we're going to do, uh, be feeling in, in Orlando. So that gives us, you know, a couple of days to adjust and to, and to kind of climate our bodies into the weather and into the type of, uh, environment we're going to be facing in, in Orlando. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I know, you know, uh, when, Orlando postponed their match. I know some people were saying that, you know, we should actually get it postponed as well, right? And I think I was saying it for a while there too, but then you realize that, you know, there's the traveling and like you just mentioned, 
the conditions as well that actually ends up favoring us to be there much earlier than you know just traveling directly there yeah you yeah, know it's gonna definitely help us a little bit and, and prepare and and kind of see the weather that we're gonna be that we're gonna be uh, dealing with in Orlando but like I said you know it's for us it's a very important game in Louisville as well you know we're playing against obviously one of the best teams in in the league and uh, and we got to be ready for it we we want to keep climbing up in the ladder in, in league I know we've let you know, go some points, but these are games where we could obviously, you know, come out of them with something, you know, anything on, on the road against a team like that would be, would be huge for us, even, you know, even a point. Yeah. Excellent. Agreed a hundred (laughs) percent. Anything on the road is, is worthy, is worthwhile. So plot twist, we're getting towards the end of the questions that we want to ask you. There's a couple more and then some rapid fire. And we still thank you so much for joining, joining us. But I have a question. What would yeah. today's Roro tell 18-year-old Roro if you could? Oh, man, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> 18-year-old Roro, Jesus. <laughs> That was, that was, um, I'm trying to think where I was. I was in, she was going to say, I would, I would just say, you know, like I said, now I, I don't think I was, you know, in the present. I think I was, my mind was everywhere. I was obviously young and, and, um, and already a professional, but just, just being a good, a better pro every day and putting in the extra work on and off the field. I think would have taken me a long, a long way in my career. Um, I've always said it, you know, if, if I would have worked as hard as I did when I was 20, you know, when I started working hard in 26, if I was doing that when I was 18, 19, even 20, you know, I don't think I'd be playing in USL or, or anywhere here. You know, I think I, I believe in myself and I, I maybe, you know, would have been playing somewhere else and, and having a better career, but um but I'm still grateful. I'm I'm really passionate of what I do, and I'm I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. You know, rather it be USL or Mexico or Europe, whatever league I'm in, I I definitely want to enjoy it. But yeah, that's that's one of the things that that I would tell my 18 year old self. You know, it's funny we we've talked behind the scenes and kind of on all, some of our other podcasts that um, if there is ever a stadium built, <laughs> we would love to have you know, a statue. Uh, we're thinking of all kinds of things. Yeah. There's got to be, you've got to have the star walk of on the walk of fame in Sacramento. You know how L street has all those stars on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. We want a Roro star. So we've already started putting, planting mm-hmm. that seed here and there because you are such a gift to us. Anyhow, I'll let uh, others ask you a couple more questions before we get to some fun stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that Sharon, because yeah, that's true. We, we definitely, yeah. Uh want that to happen because I think more than just the title that you gave to us, I mean, you, you just mentioned just how you are as a person. We, we've never really had players like that. So hopefully, you know, some of the younger players can look up to you and, you know, be, be similar to you in that, in that sense. Uh, but now, you know, looking towards the future, now that we're talking about, um, you know, creating the statue and having the, the star of fame there, uh, w- what does life look for you in, in 10 years? Do you see yourself maybe coaching or what, what, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Uh, that's a good question. I I see myself either coaching or, or being involved in in the game. You know, obviously, I want to stay in Sacramento as long as I can. 
but at the same time, I, you know, I want to, you know, I have goals, I have dreams still, obviously as a player, but after my playing career, I, I definitely want to be involved in soccer. Um, I also feel like, um, like I could obviously with my story and what I, what I went through with, with my whole career, I, I could embrace it with, with the future generation as well. So, you know, whether it be an academy team or, or coaching USL or MLS, I'd, I'd love to be, you know, just part of a part of a professional environment. Well, it definitely sounds like a great plan uh, lined out so far, and I'm sure you'll definitely add on to it. And hopefully it'll, it'll be with Sacramento, but, uh, you know, we look forward to the ride. All right. Well, we have come to the section now uh, that uh, it's always uh, fun. It's our uh, rapid fire questions. Uh, basically, it's a couple quick uh, set of quick questions. Uh, just answer them as you can. So I believe we are going to start with uh, Sharon, if I'm correct. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Although I think I know the answer to this one. Seriously, what is your favorite food? Uh, marisco, seafood, Mexican seafood. Oh, that sounds good. Some ceviche, too. <laughs> ceviche, aguachiles, everything. Yeah. Roro ceviche. Roro ceviche. <laughs> mm. Who would you say is your uh, favorite road trip roomie this season? <laughs> That's actually a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would think uh, Dougie. Dougie for sure. <laughs> I know some guys are going to laugh, maybe even coach, but if he hears this. <laughs> but yeah, Dougie for sure. Because he's got the right. best playlist, right? <laughs> Sorry. No, nah, not just the playlist. It's just, you know, we we have a lot of similarities. Just our cultures are very similar. And, you know, he's, he's such a good guy with a good heart. And, uh, you know, one of the guys that I've I've gone along with since the, since day one. So. He was actually my my roommate during preseason as well, so we 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 definitely have uh, have gone close to each other. All right, and uh, biggest prankster. Eef, that's a good question too. I would have to say Jack, maybe Jacker. Yeah, I would have probably guessed him, or maybe Faraday in the early days, but yeah, uh, Faraday. No, he's not. He's he's. Faraday is a great guy, though. He's, um, let me tell you, he's a he's a great person to have in the locker room, you know, always with that good attitude and and professionalism. You know, sometimes he hasn't been on the roster or played, but his presence is always known when he's there, and he's he's such a good leader and such, such a good person to have in the locker room as well. So, um, you know, those are the type of players that that make, make good teams and that that bring teams together so you know he's 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 awesome but no he's not a he's not a jokester he's 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 a funny guy he's really funny but yeah he doesn't um he doesn't joke around too much i bet but jack i bet is a lot of fun (laughs) yeah jack is a yeah he's a he's a strange character (laughs) okay off the wall question have you ever snow skied or water skied never dude gotta change that Bring i don't want to get hurt i don't want to get hurt you know what there are guys that say they won't even go bike riding because they don't want to get hurt oh uh, well that's 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 pushing it but um but yeah i mean I, I i never did it when i was younger so you know at 
at the point of my career now, I don't think it'd be smart of me to do now. I'll just wait until I retire and then I'll enjoy all that stuff. So I think I might know the answer to this one, but if, if you're indecisive, you could probably choose the, the scarf above the Sacramento one up there. But what's your uh, favorite team in Mexico? My favorite team in Mexico? Yeah. Honestly, I don't I don't have one. Um, I, I, I mean, I grew up being a Chivas fan. Um, and obviously I, I grew up in their academy and, and, uh, and, and played with the reserves, but I mean, I, I don't really have a favorite team in Mexico. I, I mean, I support Toluca too, you know, obviously I was there, but it was strange. And I was telling my, my family the other day, um, when I made my professional debut, like my professional, professional debut, when I was 16 with, with Chivas, the reserves, we played Toluca and my first my debut in first division in Mexico with Toluca was against Chivas. And then my last game in Mexico, professional game in Mexico with Veracruz was against Chivas. So it was just kind of, you know, it's the, the perfect way to start my career. And then, you know, obviously debut with Toluca against Chivas and then obviously call it a career in Mexico also being against Chivas. So, you know, I, I always wish Chivas the best as well. Well, thankfully, it doesn't sound like it's as bad as those uh, Hyundai commercials on uh, TUDN <laughs> and Univision, if, if you've seen those between uh, Chivas and uh, Cruz Azul. But they're, they're on uh, YouTube. You'll, you can check them out. Um, now, uh, my, my last question is, uh, what is your favorite place to be at in Sacramento, aside from Heart Health Park, of course? Uh, man, I, I love being at home. I'm, I'm really a homebody. I am, but... If I were to pick somewhere else, probably be watching my son train or play. That's that's something that gives me a lot of joy and and pleasure. Obviously, you know, I I've I'm his dad and I support him so much, but I, I'm at the point where I kind of just let him play and just want him to have fun. And if he needs any tips or advice, then he knows to come to me. But I I, I actually have been enjoying this soccer dad life. Um, that started last week and honestly it was his first tournament and I had such a good time, even though it was really hot and, and nasty out, but it was definitely well worth it, you know, seeing him happy and he won the championship, scored the most goals on his team. So it was, it was definitely really, really, um, a good weekend and, and really enjoyable for myself. Wow. That is just so sweet. And you know, there's one thing that will say whether you really are a true soccer parent or soccer family, you know, is when you've got those pop-ups, you know, those easy ups. Yeah. 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 You guys got one of those? If I don't have one yet. I mean, his team does. I don't have one, but uh, my wife, Christina, just ordered some chairs with like the little thing on the top, little roof. So, you, you know, you don't get the sun, which, which comes in handy. I think Dude. it's better than having a pop-up nowadays. So much better. That was going to so much better with the, oh my gosh, you're so it. That is. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting because I thought, I thought it was easy being a soccer parent, but it definitely isn't. It's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. You're a Sherpa. You're literally a, you turn into a Sherpa, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much fun. Um, listen, we so appreciate all three of us have appreciated your time with us. We could go on and on if you wanted to, but you know, we wanted to respect your evening with your family tonight. And hopefully there's some wonderful ceviche being made or been made and a, and a nice, uh, either Corona Modelo or whatever it is that you want. You know, it's, 
totally, you should never, ever have to buy a, a cup of coffee, a drink ever again in Sacramento. And if you're ever around us after game, when you can have hit us up, we can't wait to see you. Thank you guys. No, I appreciate you guys. And, um, and yeah, no, no, Sacramento has treated me nice. And, and obviously, you know, I run into a lot of people sometimes and, and they're very friendly, which is, which is why I love this place so much. So thank you guys. And, and same as here, you know, whenever you guys are around, I'll buy you guys a drink and, awesome. and have a little chat. Love it. And we'll see you on September 7th, if not before, because we're all coming in early. We're going to. Sounds good. Yep, Sounds good. Coming in hot for you. You guys all have safe flights and we'll see you there. Thank all you right. guys. Take care, Roro. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Bye. Well, the, that was quite an amazing interview with uh, the legend himself, Rodrigo Lopez. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think? Oh, my gosh. I want to rename. You know, it's kind of like we gave Luis Felipe the governor, you know, the title of governor of California. But, man, I want to start calling Roro that. Matt, he was what a lovely interview. And the fact that he complimented all of us on the great questions, you know, that that was special. So good. It was a great, great time having him on. Jared. I'm surprised I kept myself from fanboying too, uh, too much uh, during the, the questions. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's kind of hard to describe. I mean, yeah, you know, be, being out there in the line, you know, high-fiving, you know, wishing good game and everything like that. But to, to actually interview him, you know, talk with him about uh, his past, the present and future. I mean, that's just an entirely different experience. I mean, it's just, it, it just goes to show how awesome uh, of a of a human uh, Roro is. I mean, especially you know b- being there for uh, for his son's uh, soccer tournaments. I mean, we we could definitely say the greatness is going to follow. I mean, both for for Roro and for 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 his son. So it's just amazing, amazing interview. What did you think, Luis? Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it as well. And you know, the, it's always really amazing to me when a player goes above and beyond to help others, right? Especially when they're not even asked to do so, right? It's just, you know, that's just, you know, the person he kind of is, right? Like you mentioned, he grew up with those uh, 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 things as well. And I, I know it's a very Hispanic thing to help each other. I mean, I know it. I, I'm surrounded by a lot of people that, you know, help people they don't even know, right? They just want to, um, you know, do them a favor uh, on like different things. And, you know, the fact that he's reflecting that, you know, with his teammates and the fact that others are seeing that, I think it's one of those things that is just really contagious, right? Especially with all the younger players looking up to him. It's just one of those things that I'm sure we're going to have more players like that, even, you know, after he's retired. And I can only imagine when he's a coach, he's going to like pass that on to the players as well and be like, hey, help each other out, have that camaraderie and, you know, let's form a, a strong team. And, you know, it, it's why the guy is a legend, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. I think that's what you need to truly have a, a legendary player. You know, it's one thing to win the Cubs. Yeah, that's all nice and all. But off the pitch, if you're doing these things, man, that, that's when you get the, the title of legend, in my opinion. Well, and that and somebody who can seriously for in, uh, uh, this is with all respect for his age recover and keep playing and recover and keep playing because he talked a little bit today about how today is you know he's recovering and you know he put in a solid performance last night and we're just going to continue to expect 
that level out of him, but he's not getting younger, but he's still producing. It's amazing. You know, like he said, if he had known it at 26 or 25, if he, if he had known when he was 18, how, you know, things should go as he started to train harder. I will say this again. I said it on the last one. Roro, when I knew him, was the last one to come in for lunch, you know, after training sessions. He stayed out there and he worked and worked and worked and was taking shots. He was trying every different combination, every different location, every different swipe of the foot, every different, you know, you just knew he was that invested in learning all the intricacies of every aspect of working with the ball and, oh, it was just, it was amazing. And sometimes he would have a keeper stay out there late with him. And so that was a, a, a very cool dynamic, you know, because of course it, at the time it was Jake Gleason um, mm-hmm. and the two of them had a great bond. Um, and I think that was why they had a lot of the off the pitch moments because <laughs> they were, they were helping each other, you know, get better. And I think the same is happening this season. You could just tell the, you know, the guys have that, that kind of, you could tell, you just tell that they have that kind of chemistry. And I loved hearing him speak so highly of some of the other players like Faraday, you know, that just warmed my heart because Faraday is a really good guy. And I know all of them are, but, you know, to have the captain of the team, the legend himself speak highly, you know, about the whole situation that we have going on this year. I love it. Love it. Can't wait to see them on September 7th again. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait either. And I, I know scheduling is probably going to be tight, but uh, I, I still say when he's out there in Orlando, if he's up for it, definitely got, got to get him some Publix or uh Wawa <laughs> out, out there, but I'm sure he'll probably go for the Mariscos, you know, hands down. I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. We'll be in a seaside or area that's close to, no, it's not really close to the ocean. Never mind. Hey. Uh, but hey, there's plenty probably of good spots around there too so hey if he wants to go for mariscos we'll gladly go join him i'm a big yeah. seafood oh, yeah. fan so oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, that, that, that'd be great uh well now that you guys mentioned the cup as of this podcast being recorded we can't say this but as of this podcast actually being posted we can now say this that we are less than a week until the game happens and it's crazy how quick time has uh, flown by right but we're just so excited now. And, and this episode is a part of a lot of different things that we're going to be doing leading up to the game. Um, heck even maybe post game, but we'll see, we'll see how it all goes down. But um, yeah, I'm not as think as you drunk yeah. I am after the game. Whatever. <laughs> we'll do an Instagram live. So everyone could see, <laughs> could see it too. But um, following the, this uh, episode, uh, we are going to be actually um, interviewing uh, our, now we could call them our fellow friends. But on Wednesday, they might not be as friends of ours, but uh, Orlando City podcast called The Lions Den. And we're really appreciative of the fact that, for one, they're willing to hop on, you know, a competitor's podcast or the fan based competitor's podcast and, and just talk to us more about Orlando, because what better than an actual fan of the team to tell us more about it than us, you know, just looking at the stats and all that. So be on the lookout for that episode. It'll be uh, getting posted here in the next couple of days. So. Uh, we look forward to uh, hearing what Orlando has to bring to the table. All right. Well, if you don't listen already to the podcast on the website, you do have the option, sacksoccerpod.com, where you can find all the podcast episodes. You can actually contact us there as well. 
leave a voicemail if you'd like to ask us a question or would just like to give your thoughts on anything going on in Sacramento, uh, feel free to do so there as well. Again, soccerpod.com. Also, if you're not following us, particularly on Instagram, give us a follow at State Republic 12. We're going to be doing plenty of Instagram lives, especially leading on to the game itself. So you definitely want to be following us there so you could find out when we go live. It'll probably just happen randomly, so <laughs> you could tune in. Uh, so check it out again, State Republic 12 on Instagram and also on Twitter and Facebook. All right. Well, Sharon, Jared, thank you so much for being on this interview tonight. And as usual, thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and for the support that you give to the podcast. As always, we really appreciate it. And you'll hear from us in the next couple of days here on State of the Republic podcast. Thank you, Luis. Cue the music. Okay. When you have difficulties unmuting yourself. (laughs) Sorry, Roro.